Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex Beatsman, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. It is Wednesday, January 4th. Ian Cameron, uh, Alex B. Smith back later this week, likely tomorrow, definitely Friday. Uh, But in his place, we have ourselves another special guest joining us on the show today and joining us for the first time, uh, Matt Robinson, many years playing pro hockey. Uh, Matt, welcome to the Ice Guys. Great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into the NHL-related discussion, we'll recap last night, and then we'll look ahead to the three games tonight on the Wednesday slate from a betting perspective. We always like to ask our guests for the, when they're on the show for the first time, the hockey journey, how did it begin, uh, where you went, how many years you played, where you played. Uh, fill us in, the Matt Robinson hockey life. Um, so yeah, I was I was born in, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and so obviously out there is just not much you know just with the snow and ice and that's where I kind of learned how to play and then we moved out to BC when I was still really young and um, from there my dad started uh, an organization like a summer league called the uh, Vancouver Vipers so from there we were the first team with 85 so that was like myself um, Brent Seabrook, Colin Fraser, um, Andrew Ladd, all all these guys, Troy Brower um, as as well as others that have gone on to play pro or uh, mainly play in the NHL. So Alex is a Blackhawks fan. He'll appreciate you throwing out all those names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And that was, that was the crazy thing is just uh, having them all be on one team and watching them win the Stanley cup was uh, a really cool thing. And I actually just ran into Colin Fraser uh, just a couple weeks ago. It was at the, at the BCHL showcase and he, he's just scouting now for the Blackhawks, but it was good to catch up with him. But, um yeah so and then after that and everybody kind of went on and I played uh some BCHL with uh Surrey Eagles and everything and um originally was planning to kind of go the NCAA route and uh went on a couple fly downs to like Minnesota State and St. Cloud but then you know I just kept always getting picked up by WHL teams and then finally it was the the lockout year I got picked up by Vancouver and I ended up just going to play in Vancouver that year with the first year with Don Hay. And um, that was a real cool experience just growing up here and, you know, watching guys like, you know, Burray and everybody. And you had uh, watching him in the Col- Pacific Coliseum and then getting to actually play in the Coliseum was was really cool. So then I then I finished my career in the WHL with the Regina Pats and had a really good year. And then from there, just kind of after that, went on the Pro went to Tampa Bay's camp, but then played uh, played a couple of years in Alaska in the ECHL and um, a little bit in Johnstown where the Chiefs and then uh, oh, it was Stockton Thunder. And then after that, I just kind of finished my career in Wichita in the Central. Yeah, and we were talking just before the show, uh, the last year you played pro the last season was 2013-2014. It just so happened that is also the final season that the CHL dissolved and ended up being basically taken over uh, by uh, by the ECHL uh, after that, and it was just it was just coincidental that that was just the time when you were ready to hang up the skates and uh, move on into your life post hockey, right? It was, yeah. It was just I think just you know 
all the bus rides and, you know, the body just getting banged up over the years and surgeries and other things. It was just, you know, I think it was just time to get, you know, move on. And I know I was just, I just felt like, you know, I still always had the competitiveness, but it just wasn't, you know, kind of what it used to be. And, you know, just kind of, yeah, I wanted to kind of move on from there, but no, it's still, I still play, you know, I, I go up to Canada every Monday and play with all these guys that either, you know, same 20 guys uh, every Monday. And it's all guys that either played like junior college or pro. Um, so it's actually a really good skate. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that's, and that's great. You know, you got to want to, you want to stay playing the game even after yeah. the pro days for sure, just from recreational and having fun with the boys, that kind of thing, throw some uh, pops back as well. Uh, after yeah, game, so yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that happens exactly and yeah, now you don't we, have to worry about controlling that weight nearly as much now do you No, that's the thing we we sweat it off but then we pretty much gain it back right after we're in the dressing room for the next couple hours so yeah yeah you're talking to someone that pounds back at least two beers a day and uh, pretty much every <laughs> single day so and by the way oh, we're right. both 1985 guys uh matt oh perfect uh, we're basically 40s knocking. We're knocking on the door of 40 for better. We're getting or better. There, yeah. Whether we're ready for it, whether we're excited about it or not, it's coming. We can't do anything <laughs> about it. My wife reminds me on a daily basis. <laughs> we do. We did find, and I said this before the show to Matt, it was not easy to find anything in terms of the Matt Robinson highlight reel, uh, you know, the, 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 the Hall of Fame, the whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. kind of clip we could show, and we usually do this with our player guests, but we did find something, uh, a goal from his, I believe, Central Hockey League days with the Wichita uh, Thunder uh, that Matt oh It's a very brief clip, so <laughs> I wide open everybody uh, in our YouTube chat. Blink and you'll miss it, so exactly. make sure you're paying attention right now. Here we go. Power play to finish out the game is a loose puck. Oh God! Yeah, there you go. Just <laughs> right off the face-off, a, a scramble. Yeah. So quick, we'll play it again. Look at that. To finish out yeah, the game that is was a loose puck. That was nice little pass. Too. That was that was uh, with like seconds left in the third period to tie the game, and then went into uh, overtime. But oh yeah, that's there. There's definitely there's definitely a bunch online, but it's just yeah, it's like you said. We were talking before the. The quality back then and, and, you know, everything is, just you know, it's like watching something from the 90s compared to now. That's for sure. Oh, it's rinky fucking dink uh, production values. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, you see it on the yeah. screen there. They got the sponsor, bail bonds, penalty. Come on. You can get shit <laughs> yeah. off the screen, guys. I mean, yeah, try to be professional for crying out that, loud. With that's your the central for you. Yeah. yeah. It's not easy for them to do that, though. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But there it is. So right off the face off. Nice little pass. Look at that. Just ready to yeah. stick on the ice, ready to shoot that puck. Well done, my friend. Great goal. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Uh, so that was uh, from the uh, final season, I think, too, uh, that you played with the Wichita uh, in the uh, 2013. Yeah, I, I believe so. That yeah. was the thing. It was my, my final season, obviously. It wasn't the final season I was kind of hoping for because we, we didn't make playoffs and um, I ended up still having a, a decent season. I think I scored over 30 goals there, but it was just more the, the two seasons before we made it to the finals back to back, but both lost in the finals. And especially the last year we lost in game seven in overtime, which that was the heartbreaker, but yeah. So you are obviously BC boy. Uh, that's where you were born, mm -hmm. but living in w the state of Washington now uh, in yep. the United States. And we're going to get on our soapbox right now. Uh, Matt's interested in sports betting, NHL betting, football, that kind of thing. But he's living in a state that is apparently still living in the dinosaur age, the stone age, uh, when it comes to sports betting. And I know it's been frustrating for you. Uh, you were talking about how, you know, you and you go traveling elsewhere 
you know, to other states and other places. And you, you, that's when you get Go Hog Wild, essentially, and you get more and better. You get the mobile apps and you've got the online sites you're able to get involved with. Uh, and like you said, you were recently in Kansas and you had no problem uh, betting there. But you live, obviously, year round in Washington. And these guys are way behind the curve right now uh, in terms of the sports betting uh, legalization that has swept in a lot of uh, swept many different states, a lot of you know places in Canada now, province by province, including Ontario, where you just can't watch a sporting event anymore without a sports book ad uh, every thirty mm-hmm. seconds or every minute. So that's got to be frustrating. We got to get on our soapbox right here, you and I, on this show, Matt, and say, "Hurry the fuck up!" You know, bitter patter, as they say on Let- Letter Kenny. Uh, let's go no here uh, and let's get this shit done. Uh, let's get the wheels in motion. This is ridiculous. Yeah, they've been they've been talking about at bringing it in for for I would say at least a couple of years now. And like I said, they, you know they you can you can bet in the casinos and everything. But yeah, as for other stuff, like I said, for the mobile apps, for going on your computer, doing anything like that, you can't can't do anything. So that's why what you said before when I was in Kansas, you know, I was betting on the the Thursday night football game. I was betting on college. I was betting on NHL, all kinds of stuff. And you know, my wife was you know, thought I had a problem right off the bat, but no, it was just, it's just something to make it a little bit more entertaining. And um, yeah, definitely, like I said, a, a lot of states that still don't have it because I believe Oregon and um, a lot of couple other West coast states here, some don't have it, but it's just, uh, they're definitely, you know, missing the train here with the, you know, just bringing in the revenue and everything else. So uh, let's hurry up, Washington. I mean, this is a great state, too, when it comes to sports. You've got, uh, obviously, you've got Seattle sports there, Kraken, Seahawks. Uh, I think they're going to, Mariners, they're going to get, I think, a basketball team there uh, at some Mm -hmm. point as well. I mean, uh, there's good college teams there, Huskies and Washington Huskies, Washington State Cougars. I mean, let's let's go already. I mean, this is, Mm -hmm. so let's hopefully that gets, uh, uh, that gets done uh, at some point sooner uh, rather than later. Um, all right, let's talk before we get into last night. We'll recap last night, but uh, you follow and watch NHL pretty closely um, oh, yeah. in terms of um, what you've seen to this point. Some teams that you want to talk about that have maybe surprised you in a positive manner or maybe surprised you in they've disappointed, they've underachieved. Any players you want to talk? Obviously, we've had a bunch of players having terrific uh, seasons so far. Uh, McDavid's doing his thing again. He could hit 160 points. That's absolutely batshit crazy. That could happen. We've got breakout years from Jason Robertson for Dallas. Look at what Tage Thompson is doing right now uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. A hat trick last night, 30 goals on the season. He could easily get to 50, and actually he could even get 60 at the pace he's on right now. Incredible stuff. Uh, Just some observations from you, Matt, on the NHL season to this point. Um, Yeah, like I was going to say, like you pretty much said, like Tage Thompson, he's been unbelievable like just for the size he is and for what he's been doing out there has been and from his turnaround from last year has been crazy and same with Robertson he's been always I find he's always been underrated because he even had a decent season last year and he's just kind of continuing on this year and I think last time I saw there was kind of from what McDavid's done to what he's done from like game to game wise they're pretty much almost even um and then just as for teams I would say like surprisingly the Kraken have been playing, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people thought they, you know, just from how it was last year to kind of what they, what they started with this year and how they are right now, where they're even, I think still in a wild card spot where I think a lot of pe- people and even like, you know, Maddie Veneers has been having a great year um, as well as um, oh, what's his face uh, for Boston. No, 
we got him from Colorado trying to remember his name now I'm blanking here but um he's been having a great year um but then I would say trying to think oh and then the uh, probably the team I'm most disappointed about is New York thinking they were going to go into the season you know just killing it and a lot of like they have just not delivered I find pretty much the whole year so far so but uh no it's been it's been an entertaining year with uh like you said, McDavid doing his thing. And then obviously right now too, with the, that time of year is the world juniors, which has yeah. been unbelievable to watch and Connor Bedard and everything like tonight is a, is a big matchup with Canada versus us. And obviously I'm going to, I'm going to cheer for Canada, but they, we're kind of a house divided here. So. Well, it is what it is. You're right. And it, uh, you got to support Canada. Obviously you're from there, mm-hmm. but you're right. A little bit of tension in the old Robinson household could be tonight <laughs> with Canada versus USA. And that should be a great game in the semifinals yeah. of the uh, world uh, junior hockey championship tonight. So uh, no question about that. Uh, it is going to be a lot of fun uh, to watch. Uh, you look at, by the way, the rocket Richard trophy, the chase for the uh, leading goal scorer, And, you know, you've got Connor plus a hundred right now. Uh, Tage Thompson's up to plus three fifty. Uh, he's the second favorite to be the uh, leading goal scorer in the NHL. Posternock plus six fifty. Ovechkin ten to one uh, odds. Robertson fourteen to one. So those are the big five right now. I guess oh, yeah. you could never count out Matthews totally, even though he's obviously not produced yet to the level that he did. Nowhere close to last year, but he's also mm-hmm. capable of scoring like twenty goals in like eight games or ten games, sort of thing. And oh yeah, he's right back into it. For sure, he can definitely get caught, catch fire where anything he puts in that kind of goes yeah. in. So he, uh, but yeah, compared to what he was doing last year, I think right now I'm not sure what he's exactly at for goals. I think he's maybe around like close to 20 or something like that. But um, he's definitely another guy that could catch fire. The other guy I was going to say too that's been surprising is uh, Bo Horvath. Yes. He's been, he's been. I think he's at 28 goals or something like now. He got right. two last night. Yeah. And I don't know, because obviously there's been a lot of rumors with him possibly getting traded or because that's that's Vancouver right now. They Granted, they've been playing well the last couple games, but it seems like in the locker room or something's going on. There's kind of a dumpster fire there right now. Yeah, his career high in goals was last year, 31, and he's at 28 already. And, and we're only at 37 games played uh, for Bo Horvat. That's an incredible clip. 28 goals uh, in 37 yeah. games uh, for him. And he's in the he's in the mix, too. He's 16-1 to 1 to be rock, Rocket. I think he's going to tail off a little bit at some point, just a little bit, but yeah. uh, it's still been just remarkable. 28 goals in 37. It's amazing what playing for a new contract and, a, and some big money paydays. It's, uh, exactly. Will do. It's, it's always those. It's always that final year of your contract. These guys seem to have, like, amazing, you know, yeah. quadrupling their point totals where, yeah, I think, Yesterday, I saw at this same time for his games played, he only had like 21 points, where now he's got like something like 42 or something like that. So, yeah, you always see these guys on their final year, their contract just have unbelievable years. So, need that payday. Yeah, no question. All right, we'll rifle through the games last night. We saw the Florida Panthers beat the Arizona Coyotes 5-3. to three. Yeah, I took a shot with Arizona plus 280. I don't mind it, that it fell short. It was worth it anyway. I just didn't think yeah. Florida... Uh, was uh, someone I had faith in at minus 350. And look, they were tied with at two at one point with Arizona. It was not an easy game mm-hmm. 
uh, for the Florida Panthers. I also like the over in that game. It flew over the total with eight goals uh, in that one. Florida gets the job done. Uh, Kachuk up to his old antics. Uh, he obviously Barkov, <laughs> questionable hit by Goss Bear. He gets right in there uh, and and basically goes after Goss Bear. and there's a scrum on Suze. He gets the two-minute penalty. But I get what he's doing. He's protecting the captain. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. I know people, you know, chide him and get front. And I got frustrated. I thought when what he did was Bush League with the Toronto Calgary game years ago, when he basically just knee dropped like a wrestling move, a knee yeah. drop on the back of Jack Campbell's head, you know, in that game. And the, and the Leafs didn't like that very much. And he sometimes crosses the line from time to time. But I have no oh, yeah. like Kachuk gets ripped for every little thing he does on the ice to say, oh, there's Kachuk doing his old shit up to his old fucking tricks and antics. Uh, but nevertheless, I think what he was doing there, protecting the captain, as much as I've criticized him for other things, I'm not going to give him too much grief for that. <laughs> no, he definitely, he is, he's very, he's very skilled, but yeah, he is, he is like your new age pest where just like Marchant and everything like that, where they have the skill and everything, but they, like you said, they do some greasy shit from time to time. And, but like you said too, they also made more him than Marchant, Marchant, but he, there are times where he kind of sticks up and does the right thing or whatever, but that's, that's few and far between compared to some of the stuff he does. Yeah, but I like that. I, I like what, like, he's got the all-around game, though. He's an agitator. He gets under your yeah. skin. He's physical. He'll drop the mitts every now and then. He's got a yeah. great finish around the net. Uh, underrated shot, like, goes to the front of the net. Uh, even can pass the puck pretty good and actually has, has some playmaking ability, too. So he's got a really good all-around game. He's just got to mm-hmm. rein it in and harness those emotions sometimes. Sometimes that intensity and too much of it you know, gets the better of them, but uh, Florida gets the win there. Buffalo Sabres, you know what? Uh, Credit to Alex, because I was on the fence about betting Buffalo. He really liked Buffalo, and that talked me into betting Buffalo. Uh, And uh, 5-4, they win in overtime against Washington. Uh, Tage Thompson with the hat trick, including the game-winning goal. If you look at that one-time blast he had on the power play, his first goal in that game was just just off the stick in an instant and back of the nets. Like a, if you were to throw a 105 mile per hour fastball, that was basically Tage Thompson's shot and release on that first goal he scored uh, last night. Like it was back past the goaltender and in the net before you could blink. Like this guy can absolutely shoot a puck. He he likes that exact same spot kind of where Ovi likes to shoot and on the power play and it's the exact same thing. But like you said, he's got such a, a long stick and that the whip on that thing. And so, yeah, I think it was his last hat trick where he pretty much had the hat trick in the first period there. Like all three goals were that from that almost the, that exact same spot. So he's he's definitely yeah he's definitely got the shot and like you said before the even the goal he's even over there it's already in the back of the net so. No, he is. He has been something to watch this year for sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was very impressive and Buffalo resilient again, right? They lost the lead. They came back. They tied it in the third, and then they win it in overtime, five four. Game goes. Oh, that was a great game for yours truly from a betting perspective. A Buffalo <laughs> plus one forty five cashes the over uh, six and a half also uh, with nine goals in that game. So that was a great result and a good win for the Sabers there uh, against a Washington team that's obviously been playing well. And even though they lost, Ovechkin adds two more to the tally to close the gap on the great one. Wayne Gretzky yep. even more on that chase to become the all-time leading goal scorer uh, in the NHL. And that's almost at the point now, Matt, where it's going to become fate accompli. It's just a question of when, not if he's going to get that, get there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think he'll for sure get it. It's just a matter of, like you said, if he does it and, you know, in two seasons, three seasons, wh- whatever it is, but 
just for just for in this day and age to get 800 and whatever he's at 808 now is absolutely insane where granted like Gretzky is still Gretzky and you know we're scoring back then but you're looking at the goaltenders that are challenging out to the freaking ringette line or anything where they're you know almost sliding past the blue line where yeah and just for what he's done is is absolutely unbelievable no, no question about that. And he, like I say, he's going to get that record. Just a question of when it happens. Um, Carolina had their big win streak snapped last night by the New York Rangers. A 5-3 victory for New York. I was on Carolina in that game. So there we go. Can't win them all. It was an overall very good betting <laughs> night for me, but can't win them all. And that was one of the losses. They've been riding Carolina quite a bit, uh, but they fell short 5-3. Uh, the referees did them no favors. I thought they got a bad mm-hmm. whistle a couple of times in that game, but you can't bitch about it. I know there's people that are saying Carolina lost because of the refs. No, you got to give the Rangers some credit. They capitalized on their chances. It was not one of Kochekov's better games or their team defensive game wasn't as good. And their penalty kill, which is usually just phenomenal, gives up two power play goals. That doesn't happen very often to Carolina. They've consistently under Rod Brindamore been one of the best penalty killing teams uh, in the NHL. And it wasn't nearly as good last night. You got to give the Rangers their due. Uh, they deserve a nice win there, five uh, three. And yeah, again, I think the whistle was a little bit uh, against Carolina at times, but nevertheless, uh, Rangers deserve credit for a big five three win there. And uh, I also had Columbus bad call there. I mean, two wins on the road probably should have had more a uh, lack of faith in them than I did that they would struggle and not be able to get it done in Ottawa. But it was more just uh, Ottawa minus two twenty favorites. I took a shot fading that, but they get the shutout there for nothing uh, in that game against uh, Columbus uh, and uh, the jackets. Again, that might be the last time I back them on the road uh, anytime soon. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and then St. Louis and Toronto, this is crazy game. This was six, five blues. They end up winning uh, in a shootout over the Leafs. And if the game flies over the total, which I was on in that game, the over six, and I was also on Toronto team total over three and a half. And this is a great reminder, this game, don't always knee-jerk to bet the team you like to win the game or score goals on the money line. There's other ways to bet that team. You can go team total instead, where Mm -hmm. Leafs lost the game, but you still win your bet because the team total goes over. Over three. It's a beautiful thing, Matt. I mean, and that's great for the bigger favorites. And that's why I always say, if you like the bigger favorite, maybe look at the team total. Why would you want to lay minus 280 with Toronto when you can lay a minus 130 or so with their over three and a half team total? And that way, if they lose, you're not down big laying the money line price and you could take the team total instead. And you could find situations where the team loses the game and they still go over their team total. And that's exactly what happened uh, with the Leafs last night. The the element that I talked about on yesterday's show, Matt, analyzing this Leafs-Blues game, it came to the forefront again, and I'm going to repeat it now uh, today. It is really bizarre. This is some bizarre shit. This is really, really strange to see what's happening with Toronto, that with three starting defensemen out, Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, uh, Jake Muzzin, all out at once, the team for weeks – all of a sudden, even with three starting defensemen, you thought they were going to crumble defensively and just be giving up goals left and right, totally out of position, communication issues, turnovers in their own zone. And yet with those three guys out, they bared down defensively like I haven't seen in a long time with the Leafs, and they played as a five-man structured team defensively. You had the blue line you know, blocking a ton of shots, good position, the forwards doing everything possible to back check and help out the blue line when they were very shorthanded and depleted on the blue line. 
Well, lo and behold, Brody's come back now for a few weeks. They just got Morgan Riley back, you know, a few games ago. The only one that's still out is Muzzin. They're back to almost full strength and health defensively, and they're back to playing pond hockey again. Yeah. And they're back to playing sloppy defense and just giving up too many quality chances, grade-A chances, high-danger chances, as they call them now, uh, giving up far too much good looks, puck watching, standing around watching the other team uh, move the puck. And they're playing this you know, fire wagon hockey, and they're playing loose as a fucking goose defensively as they're getting healthier, as they're supposed to be getting stronger on the defensive blue line with everybody getting healthy again. Matt, it's crazy. I mean, this is the bizarre. This is like working in reverse of what it should be. And that's the thing. Sometimes that happens because I, you know, throughout my career, you have that where you have, you get to that point in the season where you get a lot of injuries and, you know, you have teams like that where are used to that run and gun style, but then you almost have to take a step back be like, okay, we got this many injuries. We have to have our, you know, certain players. We got to, you know, we got to play more as a team here and more of a structured game instead of, you know, playing this run and gun because you don't have the guys like this. So it's almost like when they were injured, you know, Matthews, all these guys got on board to play more of a structured game. But now it's like you said, all these guys have come back. So they're like, okay, we can go back to our run and gun game. We should be okay. And it kind of goes to shit. So so it's just been, yeah, like they've, they've always been known to play that run and gun, you know, let's just, we'll get as many goals as we can and hopefully they don't score as many as us kind of thing. And, They've always, yeah, I find with the the poor Maple Leafs, they, you know, they have all the skill in the world, but they just, you know, some can't find a way to just to shut the other team down as well, though. Yeah, and we're seeing that right now, that it's just, it's, it's, that it should be the other way around. It, it, you know, you know, logically, you would think it would be that way, that they have yeah. all the defensemen out, then they're giving up, you know, five, six goals a night. And then now that they get everybody healthy, you think, okay, now they're back to, you know, two more toward two, three goals a night and playing better yeah. defense. And it hasn't been that way uh, for the Leafs. And sure enough, last night they're in that uh, back and forth affair with the Blues. They lose 6-5. And keep in mind, they gave up a five-spot to Zona last week uh, yeah. in the desert as well against the Coyotes. So, yeah, this is something they got to nip in the bud. they got to fix this shit uh, mm-hmm. because this is the group they're going to have at playoff time on the blue line. And you've got to play better defensive hockey at playoff time than this or else you're going to be – facing yet another first-round exit, and I know no Leaf fan wants the prospect uh, of that. Uh, other games last night, we saw uh, Winnipeg 3-2 against Calgary. Great performance again uh, from Connor Hellebuck, and Calgary is always in a close game, it seems. It's just a matter of are they going to end up on the winning side or the losing side yeah. of it, and last night it was the losing end of it against the Jets. It's just, there's been so many of these games where they're right there. They could have won the game, and they just don't have that one. They don't finish that one chance they could have, and the other team does. And that ends up being the uh, difference uh, in the end. It's been a weird season for Calgary, and it's been a great season for Winnipeg. They couldn't mm-hmm. wait to get rid of Rick Bonus in Dallas. Uh, a lot of fans <laughs> at least felt that way. And yet he's come in here to Winnipeg. He's ironed out the dressing room issues, which they had clearly down the stretch last year. It looks like mm-hmm. a team playing with a lot more structure this year. No question about that defensively and a better team for it. Did they Have they announced? I can't remember if they did or not. Do they have a captain or they have no captain right now? Yeah, because I know they took a leadership away from Wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was kind of like the part of the before the season started. That was kind of the drama. But no, the Jets have been playing very well this year. And like you said, Calgary kind of with the whole trades and everything happening in the offseason, you kind of thought they at the time, you kind of thought they won that trade. 
But then just this year, like you said, they've just been losing, you know, either winning or losing by one goal. Uh, Huberdo, I find that hasn't really done much this year for Calgary. Um, granted, you know, you're going from Florida to a major Canadian market where you probably got a lot of pressure on you uh, to perform. So, but I think in the end, I think he should work out there, but yeah, they're just, they're just having a tough time. <laughs> they are they're definitely, they are having a tough time, Calgary and a lot of close law. They haven't played terrible to be honest. I think they played okay this year, but just those little bounces, one bounce for you doesn't go your way. It does for the other team. They score and you don't, you know, when you get your great chance. And that's been the mm-hmm. difference in a lot of their games this year. Uh, Tampa beat Chicago 4-1. Not much to say. Pretty much expected there. Uh, Nashville 6-3 over Montreal last night. And I was on the Preds team total over. So was Alex. And that's just something you got to keep betting at this point. That is not the Montreal Canadiens blue line right now. No way. Mm-mm. That's the Laval Rocket blue line right yeah. now for the Montreal. That's an AHL caliber blue line. That is not an NHL caliber defense. Simple mm-hmm. as that, period, no. for Montreal. I mean, they don't have uh, Mike Matheson, who's one of their better veteran defensemen. He's actually a very good player. Uh, Caden Gooley is actually one of their better young defensemen. He was actually playing well. Of all the youngsters on their blue line, he was playing very well. I think Caden Gooley was playing the best of them all, and he's mm-hmm. injured now, and they really miss those two guys. So it's Joel Edmondson and a bunch of young kids that are yeah. totally inexperienced, out of their element, aren't ready to play the minutes, and the power play PK five on five immense responsibility that they are right now. And it's been ugly for Marty San Luis team since the Christmas break. I mean, they get ripped for by Florida for what? Seven goals. Uh, they give up mm-hmm. the nine spot against Washington uh, on the weekend. And then six last night in a loss to uh, Nashville incapable defensively right now. No. Yeah. It's just with, even these kids coming from the AHL, it is amazing how, how just from the AHL, the NHL is how much of a huge gap of just the talent wise is. So you'd be killing in the AHL, but yeah, as soon as you come to the NHL, it's just a whole nother ball game. Um, but yeah, the, right now it's just, it's not a happy times in Montreal right now for, for how it's been going. No. And uh, look, the goaltending has been not the best either, but it's hard for uh, Allen and uh, Montembeau right now, uh, the two goalies in Montreal, because I think more of it's on just this is just such an inexperienced blue line. They can't overcome it. Uh, Seattle Kraken 5-2 revenge is a sweet thing. And look, Seattle was totally embarrassed by Edmonton at the uh, Climate Pledge uh, Arena last weekend, last Friday night it was. I mean, they were down, but basically you're just sitting down, turning the game on, getting your beer, getting ready to enjoy a good hockey game, and you turn it on, it's already 4 nothing uh, for yep. Edmonton uh, last Friday night in Seattle. Seattle definitely circled this, you know, probably uh, game last night to uh, play Edmonton again within, you know, two games within a week. You get that quick turnaround to maybe – uh, get some redemption, and they certainly did that. Uh, a five to two win last night against the Oilers. I was on Seattle, uh, getting a plus price there in that game. It's just a, you know perfect situation. You know it's a quick turnaround spot. We know Seattle's been good on the road uh, all season long, uh, for the most part, and they were ready for uh, Edmonton last night. They actually fell behind two nothing, but once they got to two one, it's like you know, and it was starting to think, whoa, here we go again against Edmonton when they were down two nothing. Yeah. But then they got that big goal to make it two to one. And that really got things going for Seattle. And they really took over the game from that point on. They end up winning uh, five to two. And uh, I'm sure, obviously, being where you are, Matt, uh, Seattle crack. And that's probably the local market. The local team uh, for you would be yep. Seattle. You get all their games. I think they've got one of the best broadcast te- teams for television in the league uh, with Johnny Forsland and uh, Eddie Olchek. Doesn't get better. They're, they're excellent. Both of those guys great, yeah. at their job. Yeah. John Porson with, hey, hey, what do you say? That's hockey, baby. Yeah. 
they're off yeah. and running and just got a great yeah. voice, a great set of pipes as well. And Edzo's probably one of, if not the best analyst uh, in the NHL right now. So they got a great crew, uh, great broadcast team and great performance for the local team last night, Matt. It was. Yeah. So I, same thing. I, I thought, well, hopefully they, you know, like you said, they circle the wagons, but with, with how it went last week, I was kind of hoping. And like you said, when it started out two nothing, I was like, well, here we go again. Um, but then, yeah, Matty Benier scored the, to make it two one there. And then they were just kind of off to the races after that. But they, that's the thing I've noticed this year. They have been a very resilient team. Um, you know, like just, they don't really have a, a flat out superstar. Um, obviously you can, like you said, you can see Benier is kind of coming into his own a little bit more and more, but right now it's just, it almost kind of reminds me of like, how the how the golden knights were where you didn't really have any of these top guys a lot of these guys were second third line guys on other teams and now they're kind of finding their their niche and and playing as a team so it's they've been actually fun to watch this year i had i had season tickets to them last year um and just going to like the facility uh climate pledge arena is unbelievable uh the atmosphere is great a lot of people out here it was funny a lot of people out here thought hockey wasn't gonna last Meanwhile, the season tickets sold out within like 15 minutes and you have a ton of hockey markets around here with the WHL. So it's uh, it's been good having these having the team here and everything. But no, it was it was a good win for him last night. Yeah, it was and uh, much needed because, look, they're in a, an absolute battle and it's going to remain mm-hmm. an absolute battle to get into the playoffs uh, in the Western Conference. But at least they can think that this year. You know, last year it was just the season was just you know, the typical. For, obviously, Vegas had the season of a lifetime as yeah. the first year franchise in the league, but that's uh, the exception to the rule. Usually, not the, uh, the not the norm. Uh, but Seattle had that typical dismal first season. You would expect them, to, and I knew they were going to be a little bit better this year. I didn't know if they were contending for the playoffs, ready to be better. Yeah, and there's still some question too, Matt. I don't know how you feel, but I, there's still some question about whether they can sustain hanging in the race until March, April, past the trade deadline. Are they going to fall off before then? There's still some question about that because I'm not enamored with what I'm seeing from the goaltending duo right now. Grubauer mm-hmm. has not once found his groove in Seattle, and it goes without no. saying. Martin Jones can give you two good games. He's likely going to give you three shit games right after that. Yeah. <laughs> so can you bank on these two guys in net? I don't know. But, you know, I think there's still some uncertainty in my mind whether Seattle can hang in this race for the duration right till March, April, when the regular season concludes. Will they still be there with a chance to make it? Yeah, that's my biggest concern is like, you know, they started the season or they were something like almost like fourth and fifth in the entire league. And now as the the season's gone on, you know, that you kind of notice they're kind of dropping back more and more. And now they're now they're fighting for a wild card spot. But yeah, that's that's the big thing. We'll come down and see if, how they can do it in the tail end of the season here, if they can still hang in there or, you know, make it to the playoffs. But no, yeah, I think, like you said, last year, you had a lot of people that weren't familiar with hockey around here that immediately saw the, the Golden Knights go to the finals. So they immediately thought, you know, the Kraken should go to the finals. And that's not how it goes. It's, you know, the first season, it's almost like, you know, you're just happy to be here. And then, you know, you're just playing some games. But now, yeah, I the biggest, you know, the biggest surprise would be if, if they could make playoffs this year, that would be, that'd be great. Yeah, it would, it would absolutely be, of course, that first season they get into the playoffs would be enormous uh, for the uh, franchise. I'm, it's great to see, you know, they got some great, uh, they improved their offense big time in the off season 
uh, no question. You bring in, you know, Burakovsky, Bjorkstrand, guys like that. Eberle's been nice for them off at Maddie Beneers. It goes without saying his first full season uh, as in the NHL. He's been magnificent. Probably the favorite to win the Calder uh, right now. He is the favorite. Not probably. Mm-hmm. He is the favorite uh, to yeah. win the Calder right now. I think Alex Wenberg's the guy I'm really happy for. This yeah. guy's been Columbus, Florida, lots of potential. Lots of expectation, never really panned out in either place. And here in Seattle, he's a great two-way center. He's become his offensive game is starting to flow now. Happy for him, Alex Wenberg in particular. Yeah. He's played great. No, yeah, they, they've, there's been a lot of surprises this year just with, you know, you have Schultz and Sprung, um, yep. a couple other guys like uh, um, another young kid play for the Canucks and everything as well. Um, oh, McCann, Jared McCann. Yeah. So they, a lot, of, a lot of these guys have kind of, you know, everybody. It's not just one person. It's been a lot of guys kind of pulling the weight and everything. That's that's got them a lot of wins. So uh, it's been it's been fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. And we'll see if Seattle can, uh, like I say, maintain their push for the playoffs for the season. Uh, so you talked about Seattle, and then you talk about the place you're from, BC, and the Vancouver Canucks. They just cannot get on any sort of rhythm. Six-two yeah. loss. I was on the Islanders in the over, so that was a good end of the night there for me. Uh, in that game, uh, just the same old with Vancouver. I mean, it's just yeah. they, they can't get on any sort of sustained win streak, and it's probably going to doom them when it comes to the uh, playoffs. And if you can't get on any sort of win streak now, the defense is a mess. I feel for Spencer Martin. He's from down the road for me in Oakville, Ontario. Uh, mm-hmm. I kid to succeed so much, uh, and I think he's been very good for the Canucks, but he can't consistently bail out a horseshit defense in front of him. That's what they are. I mean, it's not oh, very good it, right now. What the hell has happened to, as Don Cherry called him, Oliver Lawson Tossum? What the hell has uh, all of a sudden <laughs> happened to Ekman Larson uh, for oh. the Canucks? He's had a dismal year. It's just he's fallen so much in terms of what he was back in Arizona. That's not been good. And with all due respect to Luke Shen, he's the best defenseman when it seems like that's been the case. That's not good uh, for your hockey team. Uh, you know, Tyler Myers has been up and down. You know, Quinn Hughes is still trying to get better at the defensive end. We know he's got the offensive instincts, but he's still trying to find it in his own end as well. You know, they got Burroughs and Stillman and Dermott, who are pretty much just depth defensemen. It's a mess back there. And unfortunately, it's hanging Spencer Martin out to dry most nights. And yes, he had a bad night, Spencer, yes. But I find he's given them more good goaltending than not. And unfortunately, can't bail out mistakes like this from the blue line. And they give up another six spot and they lose again last night. No, yeah, it's been, well, it's, it's not just been this year. It's, you know, as a diehard Canucks fan, you know, I, I've been, I went to the Stanley Cup finals when they were in it in 94 and Burray was my favorite player growing up and still is. And, you know, it was always fun to watch, but it's just ever, ever since they lost in the finals against Boston, it just seems like it's just gone downhill from there and there. And they always talk about it. So it's going to be a rebuilding year and all this, but yeah, it's just, it's been, rough to watch and just even trying to watch the games are just boring like it's just and like you said the the defensive side of it and a sterile um, environment in rogers arena too not that the team's given them a whole lot to cheer for the home record's been a disaster this year but still it's like there's no noise there's no crowd like life no and and vancouver yeah vancouver fans are very wishy-washy you know they win we win a couple games and we're going to the stanley cup and, you know, and then we lose a couple and it's just, we need to sell the team. And so it's just, it's, it's very, it's very frustrating for sure. But yeah. And then I don't know if there's any kind of, there's stuff going on in the dressing room. You see Miller yelling at the goalies and, 
body language and all this other stuff. And so I, I don't know what's going on, but they, they need to figure it out because it's just, it, it hasn't been working for however many years it's been. And it seems like, like you said about OEM, it's just, you know, I think the Canucks just have a habit of signing these guys that are, you know, not in their prime, you know, like we signed Messier and we signed all these other guys that just are not what they used to be and thinking like we're going to bring these guys in and they're going to have their second coming. Um, and then even who else did we, oh, Matt Sundin. And so you you have all these guys, but no, it's, it's been, it's been a frustrating time in, in Vancouver for sure. Yeah. Basically the, 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 the motto of that, and it's, and it's true, it's truth. It's fact, everything you said, it's basically when you're ready to make your retirement tour in the NHL, you go sign with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, that's what you do essentially. Uh, and we're seeing that right now. Yeah. If you want to have your final little year or two in the league, that's when you go to the Vancouver Canucks sign there for your <laughs> retirement tour. Exactly. And we'll sign you to a huge contract that we can never get out of. Yeah, exactly. And then just bury you against the cap in the process. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And then the final game last night uh, was uh, Dallas LA LA with a three, two win against the star spoiling dad's night. It was dad's trip for the Dallas stars, oh, uh, but the LA Kings get the win three, two Phoenix Copley, man is becoming a story. This is really becoming a thing now with uh, what he's done for the LA Kings. He has essentially become the number one goaltender, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Peterson, Cal Peterson was put on uh, waivers. He's out of the picture. Uh, Jonathan quick hasn't had a great year after a very good year last year. And all of a sudden, here's Phoenix Copley seizing opportunity, and he has essentially become the top goalie for this team right now, the number one goalie. He's 9-1 and one now in his mm-hmm. 10 starts with the LA Kings. He's just been remarkable. He was very solid again last night. In fact, Dallas was out playing LA early in that game. If not for some timely Copley saves, uh, it, it could have been a loss last night uh, for the LA Kings. He's been great, and uh, LA's definitely – you can basically – you can basically trace – the LA Kings getting on of this little bit of a run that they've put together the last couple of weeks with Copley basically becoming the, the number one goalie. Uh, and he's been impressive and maybe a late bloomer after years in Washington's organization, the St. Louis uh, organization. Finally, now he's getting an opportunity and he's making the most of it. Exactly. And that's all you need is just an opportunity and maybe a, like you said, a fresh, like um, a new change of scenery. So, but, and, and nothing kind of rallies a team more than a hot goaltender. So, you know, you, once you get a hot goaltender where you know, you have that confidence in where he's going to make that save and, and make these key saves and control his rebounds and all this other stuff, then you have all the confidence in the world. So no, it's, they've been playing good hockey and they have, they've been, you know, he's been playing unbelievable as well. Yeah, no question. Uh, last night, by the way, it was obviously, it was an experiment first time finally to see, and it was good to see it. Uh, as well. Uh, Quinton Byfield up on the uh, top line last night with uh, Kopitar and uh, Kempe. He gets an assist and a point uh, in that game against uh, Dallas last night. Uh, I'm happy to see that. It's about damn time. This is a guy that's a first-round pick. Why on earth they spent so much of this season putting him on the fucking fourth line? I'll never know. That's not how you develop a player. Either put him in the AHL so he gets minutes, meaningful minutes, meaningful ice time, or you put him in a top six role, especially when you know he's got offensive upside. So I never did, understood that. They did send him down a little bit, didn't they? I believe I think they did for a period of time, but they brought him back up now for a few weeks, and it's been fourth line until, yeah. up until finally last night. Someone got a clue and said, let's yeah. put him in a top six role where we can truly see what we've got in this guy. 
Exactly, because it's yeah. just the same thing. Because I think it was, yeah, before when he was in the AHL, I saw a highlight, and he just pretty much went end-to-end through the entire team and scored the goal. And it's, and like you said, it's just like you can't have talent like that sitting on the fourth line where you know you're just destroying their confidence. So it's been it's been a tough situation for him, but that's good they put him on the fourth line. But that's almost exactly like how it's going in Seattle right now with uh, with Wright. So they, they sent him down to the AHL there. and and But it's just like you see now he went to AHL. He, I think he scored pretty much every game. So it's just, you know, you don't want to keep those guys there for so long where you just pretty much completely destroy their confidence. And they just have no, yeah, no confidence in themselves at all. Yeah, yeah. Same with Slavkovsky, right? Montreal, good comment in our chat yep. here from Real Deal Prime. It's true. Uh, you know, Slavkovsky could be utilized, I think, a little bit better by them as well. Uh, and you could even say, and watch out, if he gets going, he's on the fourth line now for the Kings, but he scored last night. Rasmus Kupari, you know, if he starts scoring goals for them, you know, maybe move him up the lineup because that guy's got some offensive upside as well for the uh, Kings, and he got on the uh, scoreboard last night. All right, let's Turn our attention now. That was last night. Let's turn our attention to today. We have three games uh, on the NHL slate. We will begin with the New Jersey Devils and the Detroit Red Wings. New Jersey minus 155 road favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, obviously, you've got the Devils two and eight in their last 10 games. They've struggled. They're off that tough loss against Carolina, 5-4 uh, in a shootout. They kept battling back. Uh, in that game. We'll see if they can bounce back here against the uh, Detroit Red Wings, who have won three of their last four, who have a uh, pretty decent, uh, if you will, uh, record on home ice. They've been better at home than on the road. Um, You look at the season series between these two, uh, 5-2 for Detroit in New Jersey early in the season. New Jersey returned the favor here in the Motor City later in October with a 6-2 victory uh, over the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, New Jersey, Look, I think it's a good thing for them that they finally started to get some offense going the last two games. They had the win against Pittsburgh, uh, and then even in the loss against Carolina, a damn good defensive team. They scored four goals uh, in that game uh, against the uh, uh, Carolina Hurricanes, a very solid defensive team. Good sign for the uh, New Jersey Devils. Jack Hughes has been just phenomenal. Uh, I'll see what they would do without him. I shudder to think. Uh, Jesper Bratt is starting to uh, get his offense cranked up for the uh, Devils. Uh, it is worth noting, though, we have two game-time decisions here for the Devils, Nico Heeshear and Thomas Tatar, two members of that top line as well uh, for the uh, New mm-hmm. Jersey Devils. Uh, game-time decisions tonight uh, for this matchup against the Detroit Red Wings, so keep an eye on that. They could be a little bit short-staffed in the top six. That means there's going to be some shuffling. You know, Bratt is there. He, does Hughes, ta- Hughes probably would take over the number one center spot from Heeshear. And maybe they move Eric Howla, Dawson Mercer, Miles Wood, guys like that uh, up the lineup. We'll have to wait and see, but there could be some line juggling for Lindy Ruff out of necessity uh, if both uh, Tatar and Heeshear uh, are not able to play tonight. I lean Detroit. I'm not ready to lay a buck 55 with uh, New Jersey here on the road in this one, especially with those questionables uh, on the top line. Uh, they did get their offense going. I think I like the total more than the side. Maybe a small play on Detroit plus 135. I'd certainly t- take the plus 135 with the Red Wings before I take New Jersey. But I do like the over here. I can't argue with series history. You can't argue with Detroit going over five of their last six games. Uh, the series history, four straight overs head-to-head, or three straight overs, I should say, head-to-head between uh, New Jersey and Detroit. So um, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I like over six and a half and a smaller lean toward Detroit. Prop-wise, Brat is the obvious choice in my opinion. Hughes, you, of course, can, can't go wrong there. 
Uh, I'm waiting for Dawson Mercer to get going, and it looks like he has three points in the last two games. He's not a bad prop uh, consideration as well uh, for the uh, Devils in this game tonight. As far as Detroit goes, uh, you know, you've got Jonathan Berggren moving up to the second line. I think he's got good offensive instincts. I really do. And he's now gotten a point in four of the last five games for the Detroit Red Wings. He also scored in that win against Pittsburgh. Jonathan Berggren is definitely a good young prospect for this Red Wings team. And he's starting to get his offensive mojo uh, going uh, into this matchup here. So keep that in mind. Uh, it is worth noting Kubalik had two goals against Buffalo. He might be worth a look, even though he's down the lineup right now for the Red Wings. And I'm going to roll the dice here on someone returning to the lineup for the uh, Detroit Red Wings, playing his first game of the season. Now, you could say maybe he's not going to be up to speed yet, but Robbie Fabry was expected to be a pretty good piece to this team up front on the top six. Well, he's been out of uh, all season due to the recovering from knee surgery. Uh, which he had over the summer. He is back tonight after 10 months out uh, and making his season debut tonight for the Detroit Red Wings. So I'm, I'm rolling the dice here with Robbie Fabry. First game back, there's lots of talent there. Uh, he's going to be put in a position. I think he's going to be on the third line for Derek Lalone tonight. Fabry with Pius Suter and uh, Oscar uh, Sunquist Juices as I like to call him, uh, Oscar Sunquist. Uh, so, you know, I think it's going to be uh, an opportunity where obviously they're not going to you know, put him through the paces tonight when he's been out for such a long period of time. But hey, he's plus 350 in some spots to score a goal tonight. I'll put a couple bucks down on that. And I think the motivation's there. You always want to make an impact when you're finally back on the ice. So Robbie Fabry will, will roll the dice on his goal scorer prop tonight. Uh, Matt, what do you think of this game here? Side total props, anything here, New Jersey and Detroit? Um, I like, like you said, I like Detroit. You know, they've been, they've been playing really well. Um, obviously, like I said, with the, with the betting here, I can't really do anything. So, <laughs> but it's just more, no, Detroit. But you'd want to make well. a bet on this game. That's the thing. You're just oh, unfortunately in a place where you exactly, can't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, no, but I would definitely be taking, uh, like you said, Detroit with the 135. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it looks like it, I, I would definitely be going with Detroit for sure. All right. Lean into that Detroit. It's just because of the price. You know, this is exactly. not me anti-New yeah. Jersey. New Jersey could very easily win this game. Yeah. And, and we've seen signs of life. Like they beat Pittsburgh, although Pittsburgh's struggling right now. And obviously they lost to Carolina, a very good team that was on fire. But, you know, and so they could easily sh win this game because Detroit's not on the level of Carolina or Pittsburgh. But uh, it's just based on the price. I'm not ready to lay a buck 55 on the road here no. with the New Jersey Devils. Not at this time. All right, we'll continue with the next two games on the uh, NHL slate. we got two games left. But first, we'll hear from our Sponsors, Graham Cole. All right. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or, or the ice, Graham Co. is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Graham Co. provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Graham Co. currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Graham Co. offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today.
All right, we're back here on the ice, guys. Tampa Bay and Minnesota now. We've got Minnesota minus 115, uh, home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. You know, of all the games on the slate tonight, I don't have a strong feel for this. Uh, obviously, for Minnesota, it's a little bit of a scheduling advantage for them where they've got the rest uh, advantage. Tampa Bay was in Chicago uh, last night getting a 4-1 victory over the Chicago Blackhawks. Minnesota uh, off since New Year's Eve when they had a nice 5-2 victory uh, over uh, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, so uh, Minnesota, Minnesota's played well, though, for a long period of time. Uh, they've certainly been good on home ice lately, uh, this Minnesota Wild team. Uh, in fact, if you actually go back long term, in the last 89 home games, they're 63 and 26. I mean, a pretty damn good uh, home record, a uh, long term for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, but yeah, the, the, and what the, has been the key for them has been just defensive game has been better for the most part. You know, other than the Dallas game where it kind of got away from them, but, you know, 5 2 good defensive effort against the Blues, one goal allowed in a 4 1 win against Winnipeg. One goal allowed, 4-1 win against Anaheim. They had that great homestand there where against Ottawa, Chicago, Detroit, Edmonton, they won all four games and they held all four teams to two goals or less. They had the shutout against Vancouver. I mean, just their complete team game is there right now uh, for the Minnesota Wild. No question about that uh, at the moment. Philip Gustafson, by the way, in net for the Wild. We don't know who it's going to be confirmed yet for the Lightning, but you got to assume Vasilevsky. It's a slam dunk because Brian Elliott uh, got the start last night for the uh, Lightning against Chicago. So assume Vasilevsky tonight. By the way, it's Huso for Detroit in the other game we talked about. We think Banachek for New Jersey, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. Uh, this one, I would only look at Minnesota. Uh, I haven't made up my mind yet. We're going to see the uh, lineup confirmations, but I've got Minnesota circled here at minus 110, minus 115 to look at the Wild uh, in this game. You can't argue the fact, too, that for some reason, and I know Alex has spoken on this quite a bit, you know, T Tampa Bay's had a tough time in Minnesota. Can't explain it, but Minnesota's won five straight uh, hosting Tampa Bay going back to 2017. Uh, this has not been, they haven't won in Minnesota since 2011, as our guy uh, Real Deal Prime in the chat says. So it's his rest advantage for Minnesota. They're playing real good hockey at home. Tampa Bay on the back-to-back. -back. Tampa Bay is only a 500 team on a back-to-back -back this year, by the way. Three and three in six situations where they've been on a back-to-back -back on the road. And the last time they did a back-to-back -back on the road, they lost in Toronto. And then the very next night, they actually lost again uh, in Detroit uh, right before the Christmas break. So definitely would only consider the wild here if I'm betting the side in this game at minus 115. I'm neutral on the total. Don't like it either way, over or under. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Tampa Bay, Minnesota. That's a tough one. This one, this game actually, this is like the main game out of the three that I was kind of looking forward to seeing tonight. Um, Tampa Bay is always, obviously, always a good team. But like you said, Minnesota's been playing really well as, as well. So uh, it's it's tough to say. I know they haven't won, but I'm kind of going with Tampa Bay here just because I think, it's, you know, they know they probably know this that they haven't won in Minnesota since 2011. So they just you know it would be nice to get a win in there. Um, as for the total, I'm the exact same. It's so hard to say over or under because um, both both teams are, I think are averaging for goals for right around that you know three three goals a game. So but with these teams and like you said how Minnesota has been kind of shutting teams down, it's hard to say. So but but just gut feeling, I kind of I kind of want to go with Tampa Bay here. Uh, I'm looking at these two teams right now, too, uh, Matt. Philip Gustafson and Nets actually been very good lately for the most part. I mean, you actually mm -hmm. go back to December the th uh, 10th, 
and he has given up uh, two goals or less in four of his last five starts. Now, I don't know if he's going to be able to sustain this. I've still got my question marks about that, but lately he's been better in that. And Vasilevsky's been really good uh, for uh, Minnesota, uh, for Tampa Bay, rather. Uh, he struggled a little bit with the Wild, but current form right now for him uh, since December the uh, 6th, Vasilevsky has given up. Uh, uh, just he's, He hasn't given up much, basically, but he's been excellent. No question. He's given up two goals or less uh, for the uh, Lightning in seven of his last eight starts. So he's been very good. Uh, no question. But so is Gustafson. So I kind of lean under, actually, because of that. Uh, it's That's scary sometimes too. to bet. Yeah, it's scary to lean under sometimes with Tampa Bay because we know they can score. But I think this could be just stay under this number just because of the fact you've got two teams defensive. Minnesota is playing very well defensively. Tampa Bay's capable of it. The goalies are in good form. You know, I could see an under here potentially in this matchup with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and the uh, Minnesota Wild. And I think actually if you look on at back at um, recent head-to-head series history, it hasn't been a slam dunk to the over. We've had some unders in there. The last two have gone over, but in Minnesota, we did have an under a couple times ago when they played. So I guess I'd lean that way uh, a little bit in terms of uh, under yeah. six and a half. No, it'll, it'll, it'll be a close game, but yeah, it's tough. I think it'll be under, but I think, and then also he's going to kill me that I said Tampa Bay, but my buddy Gilby that I work with, he's from Minnesota. So I know he's going to be, he's going to be pissed with me that I picked Tampa Bay for sure. Well, we're trying to pick, you know, who wins the game, not, uh, you know, making friends here. That's what we're trying to no, exactly, remember, right? remember that. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's the point. If you, if you have a strong conviction on one side, you're not, you're, you stick with it regardless of whether it pisses a friend off or not. Uh, that's the point. Uh, I like Brian Hartman. You're starting to get going for the wild. I think he's undervalued right now. Two point, three points in the last two games. He had a two goal effort against St. Louis the other night. So, uh, definitely uh, Hartman, I think, is one of my more favorite prop options here for Minnesota uh, going into this game tonight against uh, Tampa Bay. As far as Tampa Bay goes, Hagel's a consideration. He's been good lately. Uh, Cubano, uh, our good friend in the chat, Cubano's Cheesecake. Look, Corey Perry, sometimes there's certain players that match up well against a particular team. Corey Perry's always played well against Minnesota uh, for some mm-hmm. reason. Uh, his career numbers against the Wild are off the chart. Uh, I'm looking at them right now, what he's been able to do. Uh, 41 points, 21 goals, and 51 games in his career against Minnesota. So 21 goals, 41 points in 51 games against Minnesota. So Corey Perry props maybe tonight uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. You can get obviously a good price there uh, with him to score a goal and find the uh, back of the net tonight. I'm just looking at it right now. Corey Perry's in the plus 500 at Caesars you know, to score a goal at Caesar Sportsbook. So definitely maybe a consideration there on Corey Perry. Uh, Dallas and Anaheim, uh, final game on this Wednesday slate. Dallas minus 210, road favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, back-to-back for Dallas, obviously, after playing in L.A. last night, 3-2. But again, we talk about these back-to-backs when you go from L.A. to Anaheim or vice versa. There's no air travel. You stay in the same hotel. All it really is is you travel down the, uh, uh, the freeway. Uh, and you go to your next uh, game. So it's not that strenuous uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. They're off that 3-2 loss. They've been very good off a loss lately. They've got a team they should be beating, as far as I'm concerned. Anaheim's 1-5 and five in their last six games. That was a dismal game against Philadelphia. Think about that. The Philadelphia Flyers, who are not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination, although they played a little bit better lately, the uh, uh, Philadelphia Flyers, they go in there and they dummy you 4-1. to one. You know, and you can't score more than one goal against the Flyers. I mean, that tells you all you need to know about uh, Anaheim 
uh, right now. Uh, they are definitely not playing some good hockey at the um, all season long, but they had that little two game win streak and it didn't last. Dallas has won six straight uh, over Anaheim. Uh, for me, this is a Dallas first period puck line minus a half at around plus 145 is what you can get with that. Uh, actually, yeah, plus 130. Actually, it's come down a bit, plus 130 to plus 135 on Dallas puck line first period. And I would probably also go with Dallas uh, in terms of uh, in regulation or uh, puck line. Depend. I'm seeing what the regulation – actually, regulation's about minus 125. So I'd probably go with that just for a little added security. I mean, puck line minus one and a half is a decent option as well. But I'm going to go with uh, a split bet here with Dallas first period minus a half plus 135 first period puck line and also that Dallas and regulation uh, minus 125 Dallas team total might be worth a look as well because and I'm usually concedes four goals minimum to their opponent uh, four to Philly six to Nashville uh, especially in the last two games I mean uh, we'll have to see who's in net for them tonight uh, Gibson is not confirmed yet but he's projected actually he is confirmed now it is John Gibson for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Scott Wedgwood should be in net for Dallas because it was Jake Ottinger last night, but he's capable. And it's not like Anaheim's lighting it up. I think that's been the uh, thing that's really frustrated you about Anaheim is that the strength of this team is clearly their ability to score goals, not defend, but that offense has dried up in recent games as well. They've scored two goals or less in four of their last five games. So uh, the one thing they can hang their hat on, they're not even doing that well right now. So, yeah, Dallas for me, first period, puck line, and in regulation. Uh, what do you think here, uh, Matt, Dallas, Anaheim? Uh, it's pretty much the exact same thing. Obviously, the, the outright at minus 210 is nothing but, like you said, the puck line in the first period, um, and then even possibly the total as well, like you said. So it's it's kind of like you said, Anaheim's been having a tough season all year and their offenses for what they have with Zegris and, and the other guys, it's just, it's kind of dried up. So um, I would definitely be going with Dallas on this one for sure. Yeah. And uh, Dallas, by the way, this is one of those nights too, where from a prop standpoint, uh, obviously what a pass by Pavelski to Jason Robertson on one of the goals they scored uh, last mm -hmm. night. It was very impressive to see that uh, definitely uh, consider some props for uh, Dallas tonight. Uh, there, you know, McTavish is still, I think the one player I would, if I were to bet someone on Anaheim, it would be him. Uh, before this goal scoring drought, he was starting to show for as a team, he was starting to show some signs of life offensively. But I think Dallas certainly uh, very capable here. Uh, they haven't been great on the back to back one and four of their last five on the second of back to back games. But again, this is a totally different dynamic. You're going from L.A. to Anaheim. Again, you're not flying. You're not boarding an air uh, an, uh, an airline uh, or an airplane. You're just traveling on a bus down the highway. It's a very manageable back to back for the uh, Dallas mm -hmm. Stars. Uh, so I think they can handle it and take care of business here. And they've been good off a loss lately as well. So we'll see if that continues mm -hmm. tonight. All right, great stuff. That's the Wednesday card. And our guest, Matt Robinson, did a great job with it. Get ready, Matt. We got best bets in just a second to wrap up the show. Uh, so make sure you have your best bet ready to go. And we will get to that right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ice guys that's promo code ice guys all one word 
I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com using the promo code ice guys you get the performance package 4.0 it is a game changer the lawnmower 4.0 it takes care of this among other things uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue. This will take care of it. It feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes. It pisses the hell out of me. It bothers me. I need to take care of that shit. This will take care of it for you. The Weed Whacker, uh, make, uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And manscaped.com can help you out with that. So make sure you take advantage of this. Manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we are back here on the Ice Guys, and we are ready to wrap the show up. It is best bets for this Wednesday night NHL slate. Uh, Matt, we'll try to have you on the show again anytime you're able to do it later on in the season. But here's your chance, stepping up to the plate. Pressure's on. First best bet of your Ice Guys tenure. Here you go. What do you like? Uh, I'm going to say probably the best bet for tonight would be the uh, the puck line on uh, Dallas-Anaheim for Dallas there, just because it's, it's Dallas. They, they've been having a great year in Anaheim, just how bad they've been, been struggling. So that's that's what I would kind of go with for my for my best bet for first time here. So like you said, no pressure or anything. Yeah, no pressure at all. But uh, Dallas, and you're going to go with the puck line on Dallas, which is uh, minus one and a half at plus 125. So nice price with that. Uh, Dallas minus one and a half plus 125 against Anaheim uh, for Matt Robinson with his uh, best bet. Uh, first best bet on the Ice Guys show. And my best bet, uh, Dallas was in consideration, but I'm going to go with uh, New Jersey and Detroit over the total. Uh, New Jersey, Detroit over six and a half, uh, minus 105. We've seen uh, these teams offensively come to life lately. Uh, each of the last three head-to-head meetings have gone over. Let's see if we, it happens again tonight. I think it will. Uh, New Jersey, Detroit over six and a half for my best bet for this Wednesday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. We got Canada, USA, World Junior Semis tonight. Matt will be watching that. I will be as well. So good night of hockey coming up. Looking forward to it. Uh, Matt, we thank you again for joining us. Thank you very much. This was a blast. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll get you back on later in the season. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For our special guest, Matt Robinson, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday.
for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now.